Good morning. Oh, man, super excited to be here. And um, once again, can we thank God and congratulate uh, Gabriella for just, and the Clarks family, Sophia, just want to say congrats. And we're so excited and grateful. And as I'm hearing the testimony and the, the word of God preached, I'm like, do I need to go up? Uh, I think that's good enough for today. And... <laughs> And, um, and um, just been hearing and chatting with some of the staff and uh, the prayer team that's been praying for this community and for me this morning and heard that there's like just a lot of new changes that are happening here. God is doing something new. And as I walked into this place, I already sensed that God is at work and he's always been at work, but there's the newness and excitement of energy and I'm already energetic, so I'm even more excited and to even hear that you guys now do communion every Sunday. Like, that's so cool. I, I, I remember, um, it's been a while back when I was in seminary, my professor would say, hey, if you become a preacher, make sure that you attend a church that does communion every Sunday because if you bomb your message or you forget to talk about Jesus, communion will always bring it back <laughs> to Jesus. So I'm so grateful because no matter how poorly I do my message, Jesus will be so glorified in the communion and we will be reminded of his death and resurrection and his power. And so super grateful to be here and grateful for all that God is doing. If you join me in prayer and let's begin our time together. God, we Thank you for all the good things that you are doing in our lives and in this community. God, we thank you for Calvary. We thank you for this church community. Thank you that, that your love and your grace abounds here. God, whether there are folks that are checking this community out for the first time or, or folks who've been here for a while, we just ask that you would speak to us this morning, God. At the end of the day, God, if we do not hear from you, God, we have nowhere to go. So God, would you speak, would you mold us and change us into your image? For at the end of the day, what matters is that we are formed into Christ-likeness. So God, we, we ask for more than just a information exchange. God, we ask for more than just some conversations and some illustrations. God, we ask for the transformation of our hearts this morning. God, that it would begin with me, God, as I am up here, that I'm not preaching at somebody. God, that, that all of us, whether we are pastors, leaders, staff, or visitors, God, that all of us are in need of your word this morning. So would you speak to us? We thank you, and in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we... Uh, we had our family, um, I'm talking about my parents, um, my dad and, and my mom, and I have a little brother, and when we grew up together, there's one thing that we fought about the most with our mom, and that's one thing is that she hated going to the hospital. How many of you guys like, just like, hate going to the hospital, right? And so she's one of those types where like, she's never gotten a physical in her life. Okay, so that's like extreme and kind of weird, right? Mom, if you're watching this, I love you, but you're weird, uh, right? And, and so one of the things that we worried about a lot is like, hey, as she's getting older, some of the kind of the regular checkups that she should be getting in her life stage and her age, her life, like she refused to go 
to the hospital for it. And her husband, my father, like, he's just like, hey, like, it's not just about you, but, like, it impacts us. Like, your health and your well-being, what's maybe happening that we cannot see, like, we want to know. And every time we would have those, like, family gatherings and family conversations, it would get really tense, maybe over a meal or in, in the living room, and she would just walk away. And, and, and I think there is, if I'm maybe trying to read in between the lines, there's a, maybe a little bit of a fear going to the doctors. And even as she's getting examined, what she may even find out about what may be going on, she just refused to know. Like she just said, hey, God will take care of it. Let me just close my eyes and live my life. And so we had recently another one of those conversations. I flew in, my folks are in New York. I flew in, dad's like, David, come and help out one more time. And so we did, and we somehow finally uh, uh, convinced slash forced our mom to go to the hospital. And finally, she got her examination, and we found out that she has stage one breast cancer. And um, in that process, like, we're walking out, right? And, and Dad and I were like, ah, oh, like, 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 why did you fight with us all along? But at the end of the day, as we're frustrated, but we're also grateful that, you know, God used this opportunity. And she, by the way, she's getting treatment and she's doing okay. And so this is not a, uh, but what I want to say is that, honestly, a lot of times, like, self-assessment and self-examination, it can be a little bit daunting at times. And while it's easy to talk about someone else's problem or someone else's illness or the, that other family's issues, right? It's hard to sometimes for us to face some of the things that are happening inside of us physically and I would dare to say spiritually. And today's message, Pastor Dale uh, invited me to talk about one of the most uh, painful <laughs> passages in Mark 4, where Jesus is inviting us to self-examine our own spiritual walks. So that's where we are today. And be before I get started, I just want to say, with maybe you have some concerns, or you have some fears, or you're a little bit hesitant about, like, maybe exploring some of the things that might be happening inside you. I just want to say that this is for your good. That God is actually doing this because he loves you and cares for you. That this self-assessment and self-examination is not to just find out how bad you are so that you can feel more shame and guilt. But God wants to free you. He wants to love you through it. And he wants to show you the path forward. And so I just want to invite you as we explore in chapter 4 what God might be saying about some of the things that may be going on inside our hearts would you take a deep breath together with me? Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> Don't be like my mom. <laughs> right? The goal is to, to listen and pay attention to what the Spirit might be saying to each and every one of us and see what God may have in store. So with that, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to go through all of it, and we're going to take sections at a time, and we're going to just spend some time exploring it and talking through it. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea 
on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables, and his teaching, and he said to them, and as he begins his parable, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And this is really interesting. Jesus begins his message, Jesus begins his illustration with this incredible word, listen. So much of the kingdom life, so much of like, if you're wondering like, what does it mean to grow and have the power of God's kingdom life in my life? What does it look like to be a life that's filled with Christ's wisdom and love and joy and peace? Jesus would argue and he would invite us to say, it starts with listening. That all of us are so distracted and we are, our hearts are disordered and we are, are, are limited. And even now you're like thinking about something else. You're not even listening to what I'm saying. That's not a shame on you. I do that too. I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes, right? And I'm like, I got to slow down and pay attention to what God might be saying to me and to all of us. All of us in our human journey and in Silicon Valley, in this digital age, we get distracted easily. And Jesus is saying that if you want to be a people of God's kingdom, if you want to follow after me, one of the most important principles and, and character formation, one of the important postures that we all ought to have is the posture of listening. Listening to God listening to one another, listening to the Spirit of God at work in us, listening to what's happening around our community. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and, and immediately sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear again. Just as he's sandwiching this message of the four soils, which we will get into, four different postures of our hearts, which he will talk about. I just want to say he starts with the message of listen, and he says once again, like, oh, just in case you forgot, let him, let those who have ears, like, please pay attention to what I'm about to say. What an important invitation. Um, and it continues like this. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand? Do you not hear this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So here's the question for you this morning, and I've set this up. How's your heart? Right? How's your heart in this season of your journey? Would you pay attention to what God might be saying as he's exploring, as Jesus will be exploring, four different heart postures that we all humans have in our journey of becoming and living more like Jesus, He's asking us today, 
what is the condition of your soil, what is the condition of your heart. Again, no shame and guilt. No matter where you are in that journey, you are welcomed in this community. Amen? No matter where you are, this is not to say, hi, I'm here, but you are there. This is not to put any rankings in our journey of faith. This is just an invitation to say, where is your heart posture, and do you have the years to listen to what might the Holy Spirit be saying about your current journey? And if you think this is just Jesus saying, hey, is this just here or is it all throughout the scriptures? I mean, Deuteronomy uh, chapter four, uh, 6, verses 4 and 6 says this. This is actually, Jesus would quote this verse and say, this is the greatest commandment, right? This is what the Bible is summed up. This is the verse that ancient uh, Israelites would pray as their regular prayer, devotional prayer for every morning. And it begins again with the word here, as though God is reminding us something. If this is, if Jesus says, yeah, that commandment is the most important commandment, it starts off with this phrase here, oh, is there again, do we have the postures to listen to God, listen to one another, listen to what the Spirit of God is doing in the midst, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. All of a sudden, as we see this great commandment, this greatest commandment is connected to listening, and the listening has all that to do with our hearts. And we all know I've been married only for 13 years. And in that season, and I don't know how my wife is still married to me, um, um, that's surely by God's grace. And oftentimes when she begins to speak, and if I'm not paying attention, um, it happens just only a few times an hour. <laughs> uh, that's by God's grace. And, and because I'm what? I'm easily distracted. I'm not, uh, maybe I'm not fully uh, in in line with her. Maybe I'm upset or even frustrated and annoyed with her. Maybe my love and my affection for her at that moment is not full. And so what I do is I don't pay attention and she begins to speak and part of listening is actually hard to do with the heart posture towards the individual. And so the invitation is as we begin to listen to God, God is saying, where is your heart posture? And recently I took a flight um, uh, to New York, and on that flight, uh, the, the captain uh, said, hey, listen up, everyone, uh, we're going to go through a bit of turbulence for about the next hour. And so please uh, buckle your seatbelts and flight attendants, please get back to your seats. We will not, I will not allow for anyone to go use the restroom during this hour, and um, see you in a bed. And so I buckle my seatbelt, and lo and behold, about a minute later, we start having this incredible, how many of you guys been in a turbulent flight before? You guys know, okay? But you haven't been to the one that I've been to, okay? <laughs> you have no idea. It started to shake so hard that, I mean, I've flown a lot, and so this was probably the worst case yet, 
I, it started to shake so hard. It started to drop a little bit. And I mean, like I could see the flight attendant. I mean, like, I'm like, okay, this is bad. And so I, 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 I do what every Christian does. I, I got to make sure that I'm still saved, right? So I pray the sinner's prayer just in case. One more time. And I say, God, Jesus, I commit my life to you one more time. You are the life, and, and I, 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 I ask for forgiveness for all my sins, including now, whatever that may be, and I trust you, and I give my life to you, and I pray that prayer, and I text my wife at that time, and I said, I genuinely thought I was going to die. So I texted my wife, and I said, honey, I'm so sorry for not loving you well. Uh, I love you so much, and I'm so grateful for you. Um, and uh, tell uh, my children, Skylar and Zoe, that I love them so much. And she texts back, what's happening? <laughs> right? So I text them back and I tell her, like, we're in a pretty bad turbulence and I'm like actually scared. And so I'm like, I do that and I pray my prayer. I'm making sure everything is ready. And then I pray another prayer. I say, God, if you, if you save me, I will give and devote the rest of my life to your calling and to be a faithful servant. And that's the reason why I'm a pastor today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? I pray all these prayers and I'm, I'm listening to the next word that will come out of the speaker system. Because at the end of the day, whatever the captain says, that's the only thing that I'm paying attention to. Right? And about an hour later, the captain says, hey, we're good to go, and it'll be a smooth rest of the flight. And what ends up happening is, listen, like, we don't, um, only in turbulence, only when life is going downhill, that's when we truly begin to listen. Like, I don't really care about anything that's coming out of the captain's mouth when there is a regular, just normal, like, you know how in the beginning when they come together and they're, they're talking about all the emergency situations? Who's paying attention to that? Right? No one is. I'm, I'm playing my video games on my phone, right? And, and only when things get rocky, we begin to pay attention and we begin to listen. But what Jesus is inviting us to is that actually... All of life, we will have trouble, right? That's what Jesus says. All of life is not smooth sailing. And Jesus is saying that what matters most is that in your journey, whether ups and downs, that, that you would continue to learn, to grow in paying attention to my voice, not just in the tough times, but in the good times. Because in my voice, you will find life and you will have full meaning. Amen? So... Let's pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Whether you are in turbulence or not, would you, would I have the ears to hear? So the first heart posture is this. The sower sows the word, and these ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Um, this is the first one, and we traditionally, scholars and pastors, would call this the heart. Heart is sown along the path. There's no room to even go inside the soil, and you can sense that the seed is referring to the word, the word of the kingdom, the word, the scripture, Jesus' words, the very words and the power of God. And you can see that as this, this seed is trying to go inside the soil, this one is just in 
the path, and there is no room to go deep, and there's no room for growth. And Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown. What I love about the next, uh, these verses is that Jesus is actually explaining the parable. So there's not much that I need to do, right? Jesus is giving the answers to his own parable because the disciples are like, what does this all mean? And so I just want to take a moment to just talk about what that may mean for our context here in Silicon Valley in Calvary Church. When we hear the word hard heart, oftentimes we think about those who are just rebelling against Jesus and those who have not maybe received Christ, which is true, those who are resisting the faith, those who may not be for Jesus. And by the way, again, if you are that, I just want to say you're welcomed here. This is a safe space. I heard even Rob, I was talking to Rob, that you guys are thinking about considering Alpha. Like, all your questions are welcomed here. All your doubts are welcomed here. And so I just want to say, but if that is your case, the scriptures would call that a hardened heart. And so for most of us, you're like, David, I've been, I'm a pastor here. Like, I'm, I've been in ch this church longer than you've been alive, right? David, how old are you, right? And, and all of a sudden, or for, for folks who've been in the faith for a long time, you say, I'm just going to get to the good soil, because that's me. And I just want to pause and say, a lot of times, the longevity of our faith and the wisdom that we have to offer to other believers, we sense that that is seen as maturity, but oftentimes people who've been in the faith longer, they may be actually the ones who are the hardest to change. Oof. I hope I come back. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come back? <laughs> Oftentimes, our hardness of our heart is masked with Christian maturity. And you are the hardest ones to change. You don't have enough flexibility. There's a lot of criticism in your voice. There's not much lack of listening. Oftentimes, you are, again, Jesus talks about Christian formations, much with listening. Every time that people are around you, you rather be the one that's praying, you rather be the one that's consulting, you rather be the one that's giving advice, you rather be the one that's speaking because they're the ones that need help, not you. And in the journey, oftentimes, in your faithfulness, again, in your posture, what ends up happening is that we become more like the religious leaders. And that's what the religious leaders of Jesus' day were about, that they had so much knowledge and information. They know where to go in the context of the church. They have all the right information. And they know uh, what passages to look for when you have certain questions. But the, at the end of the day, their heart postures towards God and one another is not a spirit of generosity, a spirit of listening, a spirit of curiosity and paying attention to what God may be doing, what God may be doing in this community and being open. They are the ones that are usually the ones always resisting and criticizing instead of paying attention to the good work of God that God may be doing in our midst. So, before you say Oh, that uncle who does not know Jesus. 
would you take a moment and say, could that be us? That you may be having some resistance or frustrations towards God and towards one another, and there's no room. Dallas Willer says this, you can tell a person is growing spiritually if they are becoming less irritable, less critical, and more joy-filled. Ouch. Let's take a moment. You can tell a person is growing spiritually if they are becoming less irritable. And we can see the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of the day, they always had something to say, right? But they're less irritable, less critical, and more joy-filled. Oftentimes, the ones with the hardened heart, they are the ones that are probably the greatest resistant to change, any kind of change. By the way, I'm not talking about not having convictions, not having strong desires for truth. I'm not talking about that, right? Of course, we cannot be flexible with the, the truth of the scripture. I'm not talking about that. But in our posture towards what God may be up to, they are the most resistant to change and often always critical. And I've been there and the invitations to explore whether that may be us. You're like, please go to the second point. Please go to the second posture. Stop at the heart and heart. Okay, I will move to the second one that Jesus invites us to. And these ones are the ones sown on rocky ground and the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while and then when tribulation or trouble and persecution arises on account of the word, as you follow Jesus, as you follow the way of the kingdom, which happens to all of us, immediately they fall away. And this invitation is to say, these are the rocky ones. So, so that it goes inside and like you're hearing the message this morning or you've, hear, or you've heard a message in the past or you're singing a song and you're excited and Jesus is saying Christian faith is not a hype, right? Jesus is saying Christian faith is not purely emotionalism. That Christian faith is not just about excitement of that moment. Certainly emotions and feelings are important markers in our journey and our faith. God created them and it's important to notice our emotion, emotional health, mental, they're all important in our faith. What I'm talking about is just a sense of the shallow faith that Jesus is inviting us to consider is you get excited easily, but there is no resilience in your faith. You get so hyped up to make these big statements and prayers, but there's no consistency in your journey. And Jesus is saying, for some things in your life, some of the commitments that you've made, some of the things that you said you're gonna do for God and one another, he's saying, how steady and how consistent are you in your journey? Are you shallow in the sense that you say all these things, but when difficulties come in your way, you easily give up and move on to the next thing, and you only pay attention when things get a little bit rough, and you come back to the church life. Again, if you are here because of that, 
we welcome you. This is not to shame you or to condemn you. I got to say that over and over because as you start hearing this, that's maybe the sense that the, the enemy will use to kind of put shame and guilt. The, the, the enemy's tactic is shame and guilt, and that's not from God. God's tactic is, God's tactic is one of conviction. That God wants to convict your heart because sin blinds us, right? And the invitation is to consider that. Um, my former lead pastor, we just had a leadership change at our church, Westgate, and uh, Steve and Dana Clifford, uh, they've been in ministry for a long time and they have led Westgate Church uh, through ups and downs of, of many things in Silicon Valley. About, um, about eight years ago, maybe a little bit longer, I don't want to misquote here, about eight, maybe ten years ago, uh, their, uh, their son Clay, um, 21-year-old son Clay, um, passed away. And as a parent, bearing your own child, I, I, I mean, as I'm even sharing this story, um, I don't even want to um, act like I know even a little bit of what that feels like. I mean, I shared with you earlier about my own story of car accident, but our children came out okay at the end of the day. And so, by the way, as I'm sharing this, if there's a death in your family, like I'm sure this is stirring up all sorts of emotions. And uh, by the way, I'm not sharing this to stir any kind of random emotions in you. You have your own journey, I understand that. I'm, t I'm just talking about when tri tribulation and persecution comes, and it came all right for them. And, and um, I got a chance to ask uh, Steve and Dana, like, uh, how do you, how are you still in ministry? How are you still following after the Lord? How did you not call it quits? Your beloved son died. Like, how do you, how do you navigate through all that? And I remember, um, I remember Steve, in his office, looking at me. And he said these words that I'll never forget. And he said, yeah, it's been a journey. And I can't say that there were seasons where I didn't want to give up, certainly. But David, what anchored me to the ground is that God is good. And I held onto that truth till now, that no matter what happens, no matter what happens to my family, no matter what happens to this world, that our God is a good God and that he will continue and finish the work that he has begun in our lives, in my son's life, in this world. And that, you could see that easily, that when troubles come in our lives, we can say, God is not good, there is no good God, God is not even alive, and we can quickly dismiss and move on. But the invitation is, is, is so, so clear from the text that as we think through the, the rocky ground and the soils that, that may have all of that stuff in us and there's no root because it's easy to follow Jesus when things are good, right? But Jesus is inviting us that, that Christian faith is not just comfort and convenience, but it's the way of the cross. And that cross is not ultimately just about 
pain and death and, and evil, but that the cross actually has resurrection to it, that Jesus defeats the enemy, and that God will make all things good and right again. And because we can hold on to that truth, and if we do hold on to that truth, and I don't know if there's somebody in this room that needs to hear this, that you are about to give up, that you're in this room and you got one more week left with God, and you're saying, God, this is happening in my family, this is happening in my marriage, this is happening in my work, my wife just, like, she's, she's my wife's young and she just met her friend and, and, she, and her friend just got recently diagnosed with some crazy, uh, uh, I can't even pronounce the disease, and, and, and they said, you, you need to, we need to go into surgery immediately, and by the way, you have 90, I mean, this, I mean, her friend is like 34 years old, you have 90%, we have 90% chance that you will die during the surgery, right? And so my wife comes home, and she's crying, and, and I understand that's life, right? And you and I have stories like that. Maybe that's a story that's in the past, or maybe that's something happened in your life. I mean, I, I, get, I get prayer requests of my church congregation that they fill out every Sunday. And every Sunday, I get a list of all the prayer requests. I'm not here to say, don't have a shallow heart. Like, grow up in your faith. Just trust in God. I understand the pains of life. Like, I see these prayers, and like half of the prayer requests in Silicon Valley, they say, I I have no money to pay rent in my church community. And we, our church is in Saratoga campus. Saratoga, right there. And at the end of the day, I'm listening to these prayers. And with finances, with health-related uh, concerns, and with all the rockiness of human life, I understand, and maybe some of you are saying, I'm about to give up. And God is telling you, God is inviting you to say, Hold on, I'm good and I will carry you forward. And trust in me and I will guide you. I'm a good father, I'm a good shepherd. I don't know who that may be, but certainly God is reminding you this morning. Okay, the third one now. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches and desire for things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. I don't know what to do with this one because this one hits home for me. Um, sometimes the scholars would say divided heart or distracted heart or untrusting heart, whatever you want to call it. I was like going back and forth. I was changing my slice. Should it be divided, uh, distracted? It's all of the above. And the others are sown among the thorns. And the thorns obviously are both in you and outside you, right? And they are, they're the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the wor a world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. I'm just going to say, let's just be honest with ourselves. And I shared this last time, and I'm like, I don't want to share that again. And I'm like, ah, I'm, and, but God is saying, like, say it again. Name it again. I'm like, ah, oh, they, they're going to think... Uh, just do it. Again, when I read that text, a couple things come to me, and I'm just giving my own examples, and let's just explore this heart together, okay? My heart is filled with greed. When I was reading the, um, 
the creeds of the generosity creed, and we have something similar like that at Westgate, right before giving, and we read that creed, and all this stuff in me is coming out and where I still would like a little bit more money in my bank account. And it hates me to say that as a pastor, but it's still there. And Lord, I just want to be a little bit more comfortable, God, please. And when I read the phrase, but the cares of the world, right, and, and other things enter in, just right before we were doing baby dedication, and I kid you not, one of the things that I've been worrying about a lot is that my child, my children, Skylar and Zoe, they're five and seven, and I am deeply anxious about their faith. Par any parents in the room? <laughs> You're like, David, just grow up. <laughs> Right, like, uh, like I am deeply worried, and I'm like, oh my God, like Sophia, like she's like clapping, and like, and and like about her own dedication. I'm like, me, God, I want my child to like feel the same way, and and God, I want them to grow up as not a uh, PK's generally known as a problems kid, not a pastor's kid. And God, I pray that my children would grow up not to ashamed the work of the pastoral ministry, but that they would, you know, like they were, they were, we were eating uh, uh, lunch together with like all the staff and all the volunteer leaders, and and like yes, two days ago, and and somebody asked my daughter in front of everyone, like, what do you love the most? And like I'm like there, oh, pastor's kid, this is the time for you to shine the way I've been discipling you, the way I've been praying for you, the way I've modeled the life of Jesus in your life. And, and, and then I, I was a little bit nervous about what she would say, so I went, I, uh, I went a little bit too quickly. I answered for her. Uh, as a good parent that I am. I said, Zoe, isn't it true that you love Jesus above all things? And Zoe looked at me and said, no, daddy. God, <laughs> right? oh, Lord, right? Uh, and I'm eating Korean barbecue, and I'm like, oh, Lord. And, and that's the reality of it, right? Like, I'm thinking through all this, and I'm going, the cares and the problems and the things that I'm anxious about, and I'm going, God, I am easily distracted. God, as I follow you in Silicon Valley, there are longings for greed. There's longings for perfectionism of my children. There are longings for pride. Can I just say it? There are longings for, uh, for, for lust to take over my life. And God, Please, I do not want a divided and a distracted heart. God, I know that you are good. Jesus, I know that you've, you've lived this life and you died and rose again and that you are promising a kingdom life, a life where I can be filled with joy, meaning, purpose, a life that is filled with gratitude and generosity, mercy, and love even towards our enemies. And but God, what gets in the way is my distracted heart. Lord, have mercy with me. And I don't know if that's you in this season, that you've had a crazy summer, and your journey with Jesus, and, and the compass of your heart, and the things that may be anchoring you is not Jesus, but you have all this noise in your, like in your heart, and in your mind, and you're here in this room, and Jesus is inviting you to say, would you find anchor in my love towards you, not the things that are going on in your life?
I don't know about you, but what would that be for your life? What is dividing your affection and devotion? James K. Smith, one of the theologians that I love and reading about, he says this, discipleship, we might say, is a way to curry, right, cultivate the soils of our hearts, to be attentive and to listen, right, and be intentional about what you and I love. Discipleship, if at the end of the day, is to become more like people of Jesus, to learn and and live the way of Jesus, to make and to be his disciples. At the end of the day, ways to cultivate the soils of our hearts, to be attentive, to listen to what God might be up to, what God might be inviting you to, what God might be saying to all of us in his invitation to the kingdom life, and to be intentional and to reorder ourselves so that we may be anchored to what actually matters the most. Lastly, Jesus ends this parable with this. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Some of you are like, finally, that's me, David. <laughs> you got to where, uh, yeah, that's me, good soil. Thank you, David. And, and uh, grateful, actually. If uh, I just want to say for those who... Um, have been faithful, you did not compromise, that you did not choose a divided or a shallow or hardened heart, but that you struggled. You struggled in your journey of your faith and you wrestled and that by God's grace, of course, that you are still here remaining faithful to Jesus. I just wanna say thank you for those who have modeled a faith that's worth following after. So if that's you, I just want to say once again, thank you. Couple things for the good soil, and I'll end my time here. If you sense that you've been bearing much fruit in your journey, as you've journeyed through all the different heart postures, and that's where you are today, few reminders. Number one, that you don't have a good soil because of all the good work that you've done, but it's surely out of God's grace. So if that's you, the invitation is to say thank you to actually God for the good work that he's done in your life. Another reminder for those who have a good soil, sometimes you might get discouraged looking at somebody else's fruit. Like yours is good enough and God has done some beautiful things, but that gets almost undone immediately when you compare your fruit with someone else's fruit. And what God wants to tell you is that be faithful to the invitation that he has for your life, and that's all that matters. The other day I was coming home and I, was, I preached at a, at a church and like three kids got like baptized and I was like, I mean like baptism, like it's like awesome. Again, congratulations. I'm like, my God, like three people got baptized. Like, oh, this is awesome. God is great and I'm the greatest pastor ever. I, I thought that a little bit. And, and I'm like going home and then I open my phone and I see like my friend pastor and there's like 100 people getting baptized, right? <laughs> And he's like, look at my church. Look at the fruit that we're bearing, like 100 people getting baptized. This is so great. And all of a sudden, all the good work that God has done in me and in those three people, all gone within seconds. 
The invitation is to say, for those who are bearing good fruit, don't turn to the left and to the right. Don't even look at other church communities. I want to say that as well. Don't look at what Westgate is doing, what, what other, whatever other church names are there uh, in the valley. I really sense I walked in here. God is doing something really beautiful and awesome. He has been, and, and I sense a freshness of God's work, God's work in this community. And don't look to the left and to the right. Just be faithful to what God is inviting you for this church and this community, and that's more than enough. And lastly, for those who seem like, hey, David, I've been cultivating and I've been working through this, and I'm a little bit discouraged because I don't see a lot of fruit in my life. The reason why Jesus gave a gardening illustration is that it's gonna take some time. We live in Silicon Valley where like, when I, like I was trying to get on Wi-Fi at this church and like if I refresh and if it doesn't happen within a second, I get so annoyed, I'm like, ah, right? <laughs> and we are trained for quick results and quick uh, outcomes to come about in our lives. That is not the way of how spiritual faith works. So for those who are like slightly getting discouraged in your journey where you're not seeing a lot of the fruit to unfold in your own life and your family and your friends and around the world, I just want to say to you, keep going. The fruit will come as you continue to be faithful. So do not be discouraged. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? And I want to actually invite uh, the prayer team and and we're going to have a time of, I love this. They said, we have a time for listening prayer. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence. And I just want you to take a moment to pause and listen to the soil of your heart. Where and what God might be highlighting in your own journey. And, and what would be the invitation for you? Are you discouraged? Are you about to give up? Do you just need to say, thank you, Lord, for all the good things that you're doing in my life? Or do you have some hardness in your own heart? Maybe some things have happened and there's deep frustrations towards God and towards one another, and you need God to soften your heart. Wherever that may be, Jesus is inviting us, and he wants to do a good work of softening, healing, restoring, renewing your heart. So God... I come before you to say thank you for the invitation for self-awareness and self-assessment. It's not fun, but I know that you love this community enough to, do, to invite us to that process because you want all of us to experience and live the good life, life full of the kingdom of God in our midst. And so God, wherever they may be, God, I pray that they would begin that work, not out of shame and out of guilt, but out of your grace and out of your love. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.